Vair, what? With me? <laughs> I didn't even have to record that backwards. I just did that. Well, I've been waiting to do this fucking episode. I finally found an old friend who's connected to me through Twin Peaks. And motherfucker, you better know I'm a Twin Peaks fucking fan. <laughs> Diane, welcome to Adamair MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. I'm here with my buddy Andy Glass. We're gonna Twin Peaks the fuck out. Hence the title. So, for all the Twin Peaks fans, bring out some donuts and coffee, cherry pie, and let's get this fucker rolling. Alright, we get to do the fucking Twin Peaks fucking episode. Andy's an old friend of mine. He's a fucking awesome cartoonist. Definitely a cartoonist. You should fucking know. Alright, let's give him a fuck call. Let's see what the fuck is going on. Hey, hey. Hey, WFUK, you're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> W-F-U-K! No. <laughs> Name your favorite band. <laughs> Hailing from Illinois, Andy Glass, heavyweight cartoonist champion. <laughs> Barely living. Barely living. <laughs> no, not too bad. Not too bad these days. Yeah, well. Despite everything else going on. I say fucking icebreaker and let's just jump into the Twin Peaks because I'm about as excited yeah. as, it, as it gets. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, where <laughs> you want? You got a starting point because we can take it from there. Well, I think we should start. Yeah, like we were talking about how. Yeah, like I don't know, 2000 maybe you were over at my place when I was living. In oh yeah, tell tell the guys this story. Tell tell the listeners. Yeah, this. and we were sitting around, you know doing something, I'm sure, and um, it was like, you, we were just talking about Twin Peaks and all that, and it was like, you were like, yeah, can you imagine if they, he actually brings it back in 25 years, like, you know, like Laura says in the show, and I was like, well, that would be great, I, I didn't believe it, but you're saying you you believed him, huh? I did, back then, I, well... <laughs> Like I said, I thought he's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> he's he's in Austria. Mr. Lynch, are you going to do a? Are you going to finish it up? He's like, no, that's how the story fucking ends. God damn it, you know, like <laughs> pissed off, you know, yeah. like tight-lipped as usual. Well, he was pretty pissed. The well, the that was the story about it. The whole thing was. When it originally aired, they fucking wanted to fucking reveal her all fucking by of by the fucking eighth episode. And he's like, no, you're fucking going to ruin it, dude. Right. Well, that's just it. I mean, he went against like the way television was, basically, and he created this totally groundbreaking show that everybody consequentially, you know, ripped them off for the rest of the 90s. <laughs> oh. Like, how TV was so different from... You know, like Twin Peaks when it came out, and then he went ahead and did the same thing when he did the uh, the return. Well, I think you know because just the pacing of it, the tone of the new episodes were just like. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember watching with people, and they were just like, "It's too slow." It's too slow. Uh huh. Everybody's bitching about. It. I can't handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I heard it all too, man. Like people just whining. <laughs> A why about? I was like, dude, he knows yeah. this is his way of telling, saying, "Fuck you." Obviously, mm. that's what he usually does. But not only that, but 
fuck your senses and your and and what you assume and what you think oh, how yeah. shit's going to play out and what at what speed and blah blah yeah, blah. Exactly. You know, he everything yeah. you're fucking opposed to, he's going to fucking irk that nerve. Well, yeah, exactly. you know, his underlining uh, person as as a I always thought was that you know he was that kind of uh, filmmaker and in like that student filmmaker almost still even now when you watch like twin peaks the return it almost like he yeah. never graduated he just always stayed in that whole uh kind of he found more entertainment and and i get it you know because oh, yeah. it's that keeping that feeling of like this is brand new shit and you can right. tell too and uh I know we're going to talk about this right now, dude. The fucking episode eight on the return. Oh yeah, yeah. I was definitely going to bring that up too. Well, here it is. <laughs> yeah. well, Already. I mean, the thing with Lynch is, I mean, he's like a painter who learned to work a camera. You know, in a way, it's like he never exactly. He's like always, uh, you know, drawing out like you know this inspirational, uh, inspirational. Maybe not the word, but like deep stuff you know i mean he's literally like confronting people with like ideas and stuff that are pretty foreign to the mainstream media that most people are accustomed to in a way it's it's incredible in a way that he had that much attention with the I mean, thank god for showtime doing that oh yeah i mean he couldn't do it and the weird thing i always thought was that well he had quit making movies basically at that point it was more focusing on um music and then wham you know this thing comes out of like left field and i don't know it was the greatest thing and it's like weird because it was like the only television show i can remember for the past like i don't know 20 some years that i was actually excited uh-huh <laughs> you remember that feeling you know, oh yeah <laughs> no, I I had heard about it. I'd heard rumors, and then that, and it was like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. No, it's not going to. But that's how you knew right. it was getting near the time that it was, Nothing. you know. But yeah. it was it was the part that I was uh, felt bad about was that they fucking while they were fucking because they were a little late on the draw. It was really twenty six and a half years technically that they put it out. They ended up losing yeah. three people that. You know, Cal- Catherine Kalzer, or Kalzel, oh, right. uh, the log lady. And then uh, yeah. they lost Dr. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Doc Hayward. Right, right. And uh, who else? Gosh. They lost, well, they lost Bob, obviously. The guy right. Him. Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. But David Bowie, you know. Yeah, there you go. He had died while they were still negotiating, even so. At least they got to film, you know, the log lady and Doc Hayward and fucking, uh, who was the other, someone else passed, I thought. Yeah, I cannot remember. Yeah, Uh, Warren Frost, Frost, though, that was who uh, Doc Hayward was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his little (laughs) part on there was cute, man. You know, it was a nice little... Aww. Right. And then retirement. <laughs> well, then I just liked uh, Forrester playing fucking uh, Harry's uh, brother. Yeah, that was really outstanding. Oh, that's who it was. It was yeah, Robert Forrester. Well, no, I meant, um, isn't he the one that passed the guy that played Harry Truman? Is that who it was? He passed away? I, I think so. I think it yeah, it was. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but him, his, his, you know, if that was his last role, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He really, I mean, he really embodied that really well. I mean, I just think the whole, the whole thing with the characters, I mean, just fantastic characters. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, just riveting stuff. And I love the way Lynch writes characters. He, you know, he brings these people alive by, uh, I don't know. I mean, he gets these actors to be able to bring these performances that are just incredible. I mean, just spot-on stuff. I mean, I love... <laughs> one of my favorite things of it is the fact that how he kind of neutered the whole Dale Cooper thing and brought out Dougie for the first... I don't know. Uh-huh. I love Dougie. <laughs> He's fucking great. episodes. I mean... With that I'm, fucking annoying-ass lie off-the-rack <laughs> off green lime affair. <laughs> 
oh my god, what a character. Yeah. I mean, the way he goes through, and life just like, you know, but it was, he was like this brilliant character. I mean, he was like this, you know, a savant or something, you know, he was going through right. life in this supposedly um, handicapped manner, but He's actually, the universe is just like blessing him left and right, you know, it's just... Well, I liked how his brain was, his brain was still like in shock from being, well, you know, that place where he leaves from. Yeah, what really cool, like, new thing that he brought out, um, that whole dimension of where the... The giant, or the fireman is what I guess he's supposed to be called now. I mean, I always called him the giant. Well, he said, uh, David, I read, I cheated and watched a couple little David Lynch, him talking about the return. Uh, And he's, the one part where he's talking, he's like, the purple place is the unified field. And it's the place where all, you know, thought ideas are processed from. So the ocean is really just the, it's just electricity. And he's just surrounded by it, you know, and he's in this current. But, you know, um, I I actually did watch this guy who's like, I'm going to do the four-hour fucking analytical breakdown of Twin Peaks and fucking, you know. <laughs> right, which kills it. Absolutely kills and, it. Well, that's still his opinion, man. And I hate to say yeah. it like that, but it's true. He does. He's not David Lynch, you know. And if David, you know, he, he does do a good job expressing his opinion for four hours and, and it's great right. it's a great fucking break but you know what it doesn't make it so uh you know well, true. Uh, you know what i always thought about the um the waiting room you know this place with the red curtains and stuff that guy on his video he gives it the breakdown it's like well the the black and white floor is the transmission and they are the tv characters and you're the one that's coming you know you're the one that's interacting with them blah 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 okay. I yeah. but I didn't see it that way, and I still see it the way that Dale Cooper really was pointing it out on the chalkboard um, when he's with Andy and uh, and uh, in the sheriff's office, and he's like trying. He's looking at a map of the Black Lodge, and right. he and he oh, and he's yeah. like, when Jupiter and Saturn meet, it opens up this fucking portal. The end. And Saturn, right. it, the statue of Saturn, you know, is in there twice. You know, and it's like once on the do- on the uh, table, and it's like the uh, whatever the Venus to Milo, you know, which is obviously fucking a part of this. You know, the planets aligning. You know, and I always thought about it more like that, not the way that guy was talking. And I still think about it like that because I do think about how things would happen. Uh, using earthbound elements and shit, you know, like if you uh, that part where she uh, in part eight where it's it's Laura's mom, but she's a kid. Is it? Yeah, I that's who it is. Wondered. I never realized who that was. Yep, that's who it is. Okay, that's what I was beginning to think it was. Yep, but that's just it. I mean, I I, I try not to. I mean, I. I guess I did. I did try to solve the mystery. Well, because like Lynch says, we're all detectives, and that's true. I think in a lot of ways in our lives, you know, we try to find out things. But <laughs> yeah, I try. I, I I mean, I just try to give it a little more room to kind of be when I. I mean, that, that's for almost any Lynch thing because it's like you, you try to go into it too much. It's like you end up kind of getting tangled in a. Maze. Take it for what it is, man. It's just it yeah, just is what it is. Heart, you know, itself, it is. You got to imagine if these. Yeah, I always thought if these planets really did uh, open up this portal, it would be so surreal. All the elements in front of you, and you would really not be able to make much sense of it in a lot of yeah, different like beyond, areas. Right beyond, like beyond thought, and you can see how Lynch is like affected by like you know, a lot of Eastern thought, particularly like. Transcendental meditation. Uh huh. He's a big alkaloid. But um, it's like, I always thought like that room, the red room or whatever we call it, mm-hmm. it was like the, the tiling of the floor is black and white, which is like good and bad. You mm-hmm. know, like a yin yang thing rather than like a, 
I mean, that's where they both melt. And that's kind of what I thought was this new, he calls it the purple place. That was, yeah, he called it the unified field. He did quote yeah, that it that was the name of that area. Yeah. Okay, because that's interesting. I mean, I always thought maybe it was a you know an adjunct or another lodge or something. Whatever these lodges are, you know, they're like these portals, like yeah, you know, <laughs> space or something. Really interesting stuff. You never really <laughs> see the white lodge or the black lodge proper. Still. Well, they're exactly they're like mixed, and I always thought that I was like, well, when are they going to find the White Lodge or something? You know, because it, it's just again, it's just like this thing he confronts you with in these stories, uh-huh. you know, that are it's just like you it's like you have to feel your way through it rather than think your way through it, and I think that was the whole thing, and yeah, that's why he like so dramatically changed the look of television back then. I mean, it's like <laughs> I feel like I feel like an old old guy when I think about it. Like, well, it was a long like, time ago. It's like, you, it's like you don't know how much this changed things. I mean, a weird-ass show. like mm. Twin Peaks, how, how incredible it was. And the weird thing was, I always thought that that cheesy comedy, Northern Exposure, was somehow connected to it. <laughs> I thought it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like on at the same time, and I was... Had this weird association with the two. I know it did feel that way. Two separate shows. It was two separate, but they both kind of had this uh, similar appeal. Yeah, I I think that I think the only thing was they had Native American characters. So (laughs) it's true. I never watched it. I I remember it, but I I never I never watched it. I remember fucking. uh, I didn't even watch Twin Peaks when it came out. I watched it on Laserdisc, like. Three years oh, after it had already been on the air. Yeah, I tried at the time, but it was just like, you you miss one and you're all, I mean, especially the first, like, 12 episodes, at least, uh-huh. up until well, they reveal, like, Leland as the killer and stuff. Um, <sighs> and the whole Bob thing. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, it gets kind of weird, you know. But, um, yeah, I tried to back then, but it was, like, really hard. But then eventually, and I think it was you who actually gave me, you had like the whole thing on like three VHS tapes or something like that. Oh, yeah. One of the first things I bummed off you when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> we had an instant, uh, you know, it was, a, it was the oh, Jerry no. Kramer deal. But at least we returned each other's shit. Kramer would just keep Jerry's nope. shit. That was the <laughs> Right. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I was always like that. Remember that? Like, well, you know, when people would ask you, well, can I tape this off you or something? Uh-huh. It was like, okay, but, you know, if you don't, I'll be coming for you. you know? Right. <laughs> no, we both had plenty of cool shit. We'd always be bumming shit uh, off each other. Oh, definitely. That was yeah. the way you did it. You know, it wasn't like you could share it so easily. The good old days. Oh, my God. Back in the... Back in... They called it physical media. Pepper's Farms remembers. You know, <laughs> Pepper's Farms. Pepper's Farms. Pepper's Farms. Oh, God. <laughs> Sweet summer sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, country lemonade. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Yeah, bizarrely enough, I sometimes miss the 20th century. Mm hmm. Um, no, it was a little. I, uh, I thought it was better. This shit's fucking man. lame, dude. Well, compared to that, <laughs> I, know. These, these, I feel like we're living in a David Lynch movie or something now. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I, you know, man. You I, know, but it's funny when I when I heard. We'll keep it in like, Twin Peaks talk. You know about what's going on. I think you know if we can relate what's going on in in real life right now and into what Twin Peaks ended up playing out to be. You know, he's really telling you, you know, because I really felt like he he knew about the Mandela effect. And I think that you, there's this part in there where, you know, Dale's walking in the return and he's rescuing fucking Laura from her actual death that would have happened, yeah. you know, and he gets her away from there. But then she fucking disappears again. 
you know. And I'm not can't be broken or something. I'm not going by anybody else's opinion. I'm just going by my own shit, you know. And I'm not trying to analytically break anything down, but I I know he does like utilize time in a way that he wants you to understand some mathematical reference. And I'm wondering, like, my part was that when him and Diane finally leave Twin Peaks. And at the beginning of the show, you know, at the beginning of the series, the giant tells him in the unified field room, he says, remember these things, you know, 430. Uh, and then he goes 430 miles. It's like 430 miles from what, motherfucker, that you're out there. And the only yeah, thing I, I could figure out that he had, that. technically, if he had drove from fucking Twin Peaks out to where he was at in this kind of rocky-ass fucking field. He's somewhere, like, yeah. closer to Nevada, or I don't know, you know, but it's, yeah. you know what I mean? These super power structure, electrical, you know, current carrier motherfuckers, you know? And he gets up out of the car, and she's just like, hey, it's, you know, it's all going to change if you fucking, it could, you know, he knows that it's, but he's so obsessed with solving this original fucking murder that's the only nostalgic uh anything that's carried from the original series is that right, is his notion yeah. that he's gonna solve this fucking murder still well that was the cool thing about it cause, and i read this like critique of the show at the time and, and i don't know the writer just had a really good point that the story always was about laura and it is about laura palmer i mean yeah. even the uh the tree thing or the arm when it becomes like the tree thing with the blob on the top. <laughs> I love just talking about the thing because when you talk to somebody that hasn't ever watched the show, they're like, what are you talking about? Anyway, he's like, you know, uh, the arm is saying how is this the story of the little girl who lived down the lane uh-huh. type thing. And, and that connection of like, I mean, especially those last episodes where it, you know, once, Bob is vanquished or destroyed or could have another can be destroyed or whatever, but uh-huh. it's like, um, you know, and then they go and like you're saying, they go through this barrier or something into this ultimate world. At I mean, the end you're talking about, right? Yeah. It's still, yeah. I mean, to me, that's such a fantastic like ending part because it's just like, it takes you to this other place and it's just like, wow, it was really <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, that's still the biggest mystery of the whole thing. Right well, <laughs> you know, if you know the story of the Mandela effect, and I ain't heard anyone that's a Twin Peaks fan put that Mandela shit in there, but I'm pretty sure well, David Mandela. David Lynch fucking knows about the Mandela effect. And that was yeah. kind of how he demonstrated his version of it, was that interaction when... I'm pretty sure, you know, he the Black Lodge is above the the grocery or the the gas station i mean the convenience store yeah and yeah, just exactly. like he, you know and he, and he goes up the fucking stairs and you know uh the bad dale you know mr c yeah, he he that bob? I mean, that's bob. well no bob he's keeping bob kind of hostage I that's I mean, he's the doppelganger that comes out well, at the very end of the original but i always thought that was I mean, I always thought that was, I don't know, I always thought that was Bob in a Dale suit. No, Bob's, he knows he's twice as evil, he's twice as powerful if he, if he has Bob with him. And he needs Bob because he wants to destroy Jal Day. And Jal Day is yeah. Laura's mom. And so he's on his way to, to, to destroy her because if he destroys her, then he becomes the new all power, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that's what the deal is. And after watching it, I think I watched it at like 13 runs, and then my and then I went into catatonic seizure. No, it's <laughs> it was like, no. I remember the first time at right when the series ended, right at very last moment. And you can feel all the fucking shit getting sucked out of space, like every last fucking molecule. And that look on Dale Cooper's face. Uh-huh. And then she screams and the timeline breaks and it dis- oh, destroys itself. You know, she... Because fine, that was the connection to the... 
that was the connection to the timeline that had been replaced when he jumped. And she made the connection when she went back to that place. Because the, elect the electrical current is the same in every dimension. And that's what, you know, her voice is coming out of the electricity if you listen to it in the house. Yeah, it's a yeah and it seems Laura. like electricity is the medium that takes you between worlds. Right, and you know the moment that she's saying that is on the pilot because uh, she's in the kitchen, and you got to imagine, she's in the kitchen, Laura's already dead. But really she's not. She's there in that other dimension as Carrie Page. And so yeah. by that point, by the, she's already dead in that dimension. You know, that's why the transfer is already made. And fucking yeah. uh, her, her mom's all like, you know, Laura, you know, in the, uh, pi yeah. in the pilot. And she can hear her voice coming through the electricity. I put that together really fast. And I was like, mm. that's her and the pilot coming through now. Wow. And that's wow. what it, you know, she's talking in the pilot, and that's her coming through right now. And yeah, but definitely, it's well, definitely a, a different Twin Peaks <laughs> Earth. It's not. It's not the same Earth. It's not the same one she's that the original Laura's from. And you know because they go by the double R real fast, and it's it's totally different. Well, I like how Dale goes. Well, what what day is it, or you know, what year is it? What year is it? Yeah, yeah. But that's what he's lost on because. You know, it's not that he's in a, a different year, though. It's that he's in a different time. And he jumped. Right. He thinks he's like, oh, I thought I was just going to jump in years. He didn't know he's going to jump into a totally different reality. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know. Karen, Karen Page is a character. I mean, that was uh, such a strange um, character. I mean, and then especially, like, you come in and there's a guy who's had his head blown off. Like just sitting there. <laughs> it's so schizophrenic. It's so schizophrenic with Dale because you technically have five versions of Dale. You got Mr. C. You got the actual Dale Cooper from the nostalgic series shows up for about 10 seconds. Yeah, at the very end. Yep. And then you have him as another totally different agent. And then you have, at the end, his name is Richard or some shit. And he's like, Richard. And then uh, and then he's Dougie. And then he comes back again as a brand new Dale to supplement for the Dougie that the family lost. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, those were always... I can't those are... That's five them. fucking Dales, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Let's take yeah, this into consideration. Yeah. Really, I mean, wow. I mean, there's extra, like, uh, yeah, like you said, an extra Dale Cooper. I mean, uh huh. There's like these, like, these little, I mean, I don't know, they're almost like clones, but they they call them something else. I can't remember. Or, uh, uh, or what do you call it? Do, uh, tulpas. Yeah, tulpas. Exactly, exactly. And that's and that's a real thing, yeah. A, a little gold ball and some hair or something. <laughs> I mean, right. I love Lynch with his graphics. You know, I mean, those it's such an alien so, thing to do, though, to fucking rub this little so ball and hair yeah. strand together, and so it's so weirdly wonderful. It was just like such a breath of fresh air when that show was on, and it's like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've been kind of watching Happy. Happy's good. <laughs> you know, that's definitely yeah. another episode. For sure, it's an interesting. It's it an is interesting show. It's kind of funny. I think just Christopher Maloney is like one of the greatest comedians, comedic people out there. Actually, <laughs> what? Uh, who's the? Who, what's the woman's name that plays Laura Palmer? What's her name? Gosh, it's not I'm Cheryl. It's not Sherilyn Fenn. Uh, yes. No, no, you're right. Sure. Uh, oh God damn it! Now. Yeah. That's how stoned we are, guys. But um, anyway, th that woman who plays Laura Palmer, she uh, she made a comment during an interview, and she said, uh, "You know, if if Laura hadn't died, Cheryl Lee, Cheryl Lee, if if Laura Palmer had not died, her character wouldn't have even been important on the show." 
you know, because she said no one would have cared. She said no one would have cared about Laura if she hadn't died, if she hadn't died. She's like, no, no one would even know who she was. You know, it was weird too, because like just, I don't know, a couple of years before, um, my girlfriend actually got a copy of the Laura Palmer diary. Mm-hmm. They used to be like, remember those? They used to be like in the supermarket checkout. They'd be sitting there next to like yeah. the TV guide. And the <laughs> oh, it was everywhere, man. Never, it was I, everywhere. I never bought one at the time. Oh, God, I kind of wish I had Who killed one. Laura Palmer? I mean, it was around for Whoa. weeks. It was a fucking explosion. I mean, it was a Twin Peaks fucking like, it, it was a moment in history, you know, where it was just briefly. Yeah, just this splint, bam. Yeah. So but, but my girlfriend got a copy of it, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't like thinking too much about it, but man, it is like it actually adds a lot of dimension to the character of uh, Laura. I yeah, mean, a lot, mm-hmm. and it really like. You really understand. I mean, especially then watching like um, Fire Walk with me, which you know she's kind of the main focus of that movie, and it's just like, wow. I mean, it just helped to add all this dimension to it. And then when the Return came out, it was just like I was so primed. <laughs> I was so primed and ready for that to come out when it did. I was just, it was the greatest thing. I mean, amongst all the horrible crap that was happening in 2016. Did you get the joke with Andy and and Lucy's kid when he, when Waldo <laughs> when he shows up? <laughs> is that supposed to be Marlon Brando and the what is it the, the Wild Ones or the Wild Ones or whatever it was? What, yep. Yeah. And then one of the one of the opinions I had, dude, personally was okay. You got to remember. At that point in the in the nostalgic episode, she was knocked up with that kid. Oh, true. And uh, and she was trying to debate who was going to be the father of the child without doing a proper DNA test. I I uh, thought that was David Lynch's cute little way to be like, yeah, it was Dick Tremaine's kid. <laughs> you know, I never made that connection. Yeah, because look how suave. That's not Andy, dude. You know, <laughs> like. But he's like he—he he is like half Dick Tremaine, half Lucy. When you think oh, about it, oh my god, you know, oh my god, yeah. See now you're totally blowing my mind. I know. I thought about that just <laughs> now. No, <laughs> see, it happens spontaneity. That's All right. Well, you're on the spot with the Twin Peaks fucking episode. You know, you got, you better be on the ball, kid. Get it together. I want all these uh, Twin Peaks factoids. No. <laughs> Oh, in fact, you delicious. You know, squiggy on there. I always thought his part was so ominous on that fucking Twin Peaks. Like, uh, the guy who sells uh, Bobby and uh, Shelly the fucking disabled bed for Leo because he's like in drool mode. Remember? (laughs) Oh, the bed's great. And, you know, it's Squiggy though. He can't ever like not be Squiggy. I thought right. you know that was whatever that guy's name is, but yeah, I know I can't think of. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It you know it's Squiggy. <laughs> Go fucking look it up on Wikipedia, motherfucker. I think he was on the he was on the Fireside Theater. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You can go through the whole Wikipedia, like, please donate two fifty now, and we can keep going, you know. I know. <laughs> For just a mere donation. Know. Yeah, it's just like, you fucking yeah. hoe-bags. Yeah. No, those two guys, those two actors, God, I wish I knew their names. But it's like, I'll, I'll always see them no matter what role they're playing, as, you know, Lenny and Squiddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, Lenny just did more shit. You know, he yeah, was... Lenny did a lot of Spinal shit. tap. Great, though, fucking spinal yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah. He's great on Better Call Saul, too, actually. Mm-hmm. Good God, I can't remember this guy's name. The No Can't Remember Shit Names episode. <laughs> <sighs> I still think uh, one of the eeriest parts of Twin Peaks is when Josie Packard turns into a fucking dresser doorknob. And then there's like no end. And then, you know, later on, she uh, it's it, does she appear? There's this part where, like, uh, after uh, Ben 
has gone through reformation because first he was he thought he was confederal uh confederate general lee or whatever his little breakdown civil war breakdown <laughs> and then you know and yeah. then he comes back and he's eating carrots instead of smoking cigars right but right. you can totally tell he in the when they bring him back in the return he totally was yeah. he had stayed pretty solid since his breakdown and you can yeah, yeah, it, like it just looked like you know he had stayed solid he didn't see, he didn't appear to be this fucking shyster you know uh tex avery style uh wolf you know um yeah, like he yeah. was at the beginning of the twin peaks nostalgic series with his brother jerry and jerry is yeah. just totally fucking you know whatever he smoked bro was not weed <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't fucking weed. <laughs> At least not the kind uh, that's generally out there. You know, I thought it was like, he, you know, because he was kind of, he didn't really get it all the way. Uh, he was one of those characters, he didn't get it all the way in the original series when he was young. So it makes me feel like now he's like playing chemist with fucking weed and shit. And, and he's like making this shit that fucking obviously is yeah, too strong. It's too strong. Yeah. yeah. He made some shit that was too strong. His foot's talking to him. And it reminds me of like something clumsy he would have done in the original series. So that made sense. And plus yeah. he's like strung out on the fucking Dr. Jacoby's fucking pirate radio. Or no, it's a pirate TV program. Yeah. That shit is awesome. That was awesome, dude. So funny. So good. And I like that Nadine was fucking obviously, you know, (laughs) watching this shit. And she finally gives Ed the freedom he deserves, man. And that was the one part. That was really. Oh, Peggy Lee as fucking Norma. Mm. Oh, my God. And. Yeah, it really was. You know, them getting to finally have this one it was worth all the shit right. and all that time because you know the episode before that you know it ends with him alone the credits are rolling ends yeah, in his gas station <laughs> you know and if you look in the background something moves backwards it's weird mm. um but uh outside the window of where he, or else like the garmin bosia is backwards he's not He's not eating it, he's spitting it back out and then putting it back in the bowl. That's what he's doing all slow. That's what it is, that's I think. What? I think that's what it is. Um, and you can't tell because of how the pace is. But if you look at it, you know, it's him and he's going through his pain and suffering. And, you know, he went through, obviously, since Nadine had had that affair with Mike uh, in the original series when Wyndham Merle uh, kidnaps Annie from the fucking Twin Peaks pageant. <laughs> Dressed as the long lady. I like Pete. Pete comes in the office. Twelve rainbow trout. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Pete? <laughs> oh, you know, he has some of the best lines. I mean, I they lost, lost Pete, too. Um, I know. You know, my God, what's his name? King Arthur's buried in England. <laughs> There's a fish in the percolator. And then Wyndham Earl just this. I thought he was a great villain, but whenever you read any of these reviews about him, oh, he they call him hokey and stuff and all this shit. But if you watch uh, Kenneth Welch, Welsh's, uh, he Kenneth Welsh really did fucking plays in Broadway and shit. He was like the guy who did the Shakespearean, you know, dude. And for David Lynch to put him in the position of being the evil FBI possessed ass, you know, Black Lodge obsessed motherfucker, you know, and him racing Dale. I just like the whole concepts of time. And, you know, Dale is going to be this guy who is a good dude. But he, you can tell throughout his duration, he's just naive to how dark and corrupt shit can get. You yeah. know, and no, he's this broken guy. It seems like in the end, right? Because of Carol, Caroline, yeah, Jack Nance as yeah. I mean, he's been working with 
Lentz, I mean, you had worked with Lentz since the Razorhead, of course, you know. Yeah. Jack Nance coming yeah. to a brutal end in Hollywood in some hamburger mm. restaurant fucking murder, right? Somebody mm. clubbed him over the fucking head in a hamburger yeah. restaurant? Yeah, in Hollywood? No. Yeah. Did not here, there. I thought he had, unfortunately, died some, like, I thought he had trouble. With it was either in a donut shop or a hamburger shop, bro. What? Yeah. Oh my god. He was murdered. So... He was murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's Fucking weird. And with the in in the con in the refines of, of of food, nonetheless. And I think that in on Twin Peaks as a show, food plays this fucking huge thing, especially in the uh, original series. Not really. But when he uses food in the in the in the new ones, you know, it's very strict and and metaphoric and uh, like you know Ed eating that Garmin Bosia, and you know if you remember fucking the arm in in Fire Walk with me, he's like, you know Garmin Bosia, pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, totally. And that's Ed. He's really? going through it, you know. He, you know, but for him to file, and Norma tells that corporate dick to fucking fuck off, and that she's not going to make the double R into a franchise and junk that, or that, right. hey, you can have those double R's. I just want this one, you know. And yeah, I love that whole fucking. Oh, she keeps it real to the nostalgic end. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, good. I mean, all these. All these people are like, you know, I, I love it how they, they are like this uh, attitude of like keeping it real. You know? Uh-huh. You know? I mean, not not trying, but just like being genuine, you know, just like being authentic. I mean, great characters. I mean, they're just incredible. Oh, the so good. Write that. But it was, yeah, it was really amazing, you know, the way so many of the cast came back and how they're different. And I mean, the whole... Here's another mystery of the show. It's like, where is, um, you know, Cheryl uh, Fenn's character? Um, who'd she play? Oh, Donna? The one always... No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, Donna's like... Gone. Donna Hayward's gone. She's out of there. Yeah, but uh, who's the other... But her sister's in it, and she's the one that dies with fucking... Uh... Or she doesn't uh, die or whatever. She's the red-haired... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's her playing the piano, I, you know, when Leland spazzes out in the original... That's her, yeah. No, that's Hayward's kid, man. I forgot that she... I, I didn't... I mean, because you never really heard... Isn't that great, though? That's her. Oh that's God. totally her, yeah. Oh, my God. No, but I meant, um, you know... Jesus. She dances by the jukebox. My God. Uh-huh. You know what part fucking freaked me out, dude, was the whole Audrey Horn shit. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> is that who you're talking about? That, that is what I'm trying to get okay. out of Okay, okay, bam, okay, because yeah. I knew I would hit it. Audrey. Uh, stonerly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come around. Hey, I'm going to yeah. do it. Uh, 420 <laughs> marathon, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> took that whole part, you know, because um, Warren mm-hmm. Frost had released... Uh, this Twin Peaks book, I can't remember what the proper title is, it doesn't really matter, but it was a compatible to the Return series coming out on Showtime. Yeah. And yeah. it puts the excerpt in there that, yeah, you know, after the explosion, she lived through it, remember? Because uh, yeah, that's true. when Pete, you know, technically fucking dies with, uh, um, what's his, yeah. fuck, uh, uh, his Her. wife's fucking brother. Yeah, yeah, Andrew... Andrew Packard. Andrew Packard. Yeah. And, you know, they go in, they set off the bomb, she's chained to the fucking bank. Yeah, I always thought, I mean, before, I always thought, yeah, she died at the bank. The explosion kills yeah. the old man, too, according to the, the whatever yeah. is written down, the guy who was running the, okay. the bank at that time. Yeah, I thought all those characters, you know... Yeah, uh, so brilliant, yeah. Well, no, Audrey lives, though. She lives through it. She ends up... But where? Well, she goes back and she starts having a series of mental breakdowns. And I think if you watch the original series, it does connect loosely to her affair with fucking... uh, What's-his-fuck? Sweater Dick. Whatever that guy's name is. Fucking Ben Horn's lackey that flies in from South Africa. And he's got that Tales from the Gold Monkey fucking shit going on with his ass. 
you know. Grapevine. Okay, now this is what somebody had told me um, in the you know the grapevine of Twin Peaks mythology is that actually the kid is the offspring of Audrey and the Dale Cooper cult or the. Oh yeah, the no, that's definitely what happened. No, he got out. He raped her while she was in the hospital. Well, well, something like that. I mean, no, <laughs> Doc Hayward fucking. Well, okay, you know how you know because Doc Hayward's talking to Harry Truman's brother, uh, Sher- the other Sheriff Truman, you know, Forrester's character, and uh, they're they're wicked or what do you call it, fucking uh, skyping each other, and uh, yeah, right, and right. you know he he says he's like, well, I saw Dale, you know, after right. and yeah. and I saw him, he he and then he. Uh, he was in the hospital when Audrey was in there. And, you know, it, it refers, and it definitely is his son, because he says it when um, when Jerry's up on, he's like, bad binoculars. Uh, but, yeah. you know, and it's that part where Mr. C's like, I've got three locations. And then he finds the fucking, you know, third one. He's like, and he's like, what would you right. do? And he goes, what would you do? And uh, his son says, I go explore it, and he goes good. And you know he walks, <laughs> and he walks up there, and he knows he's gonna die because it's, it's, it's. Yeah, he says it's. He's like, I'm 25 years your, and then he's oh, I'm 25 years your senior. And then when he after he explodes, and Richard explodes into the ether or whatever the fuck happens to him, uh, he you know he he you know he walks away and he goes goodbye, my only son. Yeah, or some shit like that. I mean, that was mind-blowing, but, man, that, that was Donna Hayward's sister. That's still, like, <laughs> Oh, that's still getting to you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, whole, that whole part, too, when they go into the woods and they find that, you know, that portal and it's coming down from the sky and all that stuff, and Andy goes up into it and stuff. I mean, that was, like, so cool the way he, he brought that out. I mean, it was... Man, it's like a vortex or something like that. And, yeah, I, I like... I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can take you places. Mm. Most stuff doesn't even get close to... Well, you know, I like how he, he brought forward the, the mother of all abominations. Yeah. And it was oh, like man. that I thing that they get... That's the thing that's inside... That's the thing that's inside of fucking Laura's mom, though. That's her. That's she is that. It's inhabiting her because fucking basically, you know, it is because when he, well, his demonstration of the, well, his demonstration of the atomic bomb going off in the desert and the kind of dimensional it breaking through another dimension and kind of in well, exactly. shattering Unleashing. not yeah, just opening exactly. a portal but it fucking just shatters right through it there's all this other yeah. kind of new life now he demonstrates yeah. it like showing up kind of like where the gas or the, the what the fucking convenience station again uh when it yeah. shows up and it's all you know all of a sudden yeah. it's showing this dimensional breakthrough shit but and then yeah. this little fucking alien comes out of the sand and it's only this one part in part a is this really yeah. short and then at the end it's already evolved a little and it fucking shows up at laura's mom's uh house and that yeah. and it jumps in her and it goes into her mouth and then and I, knew, I knew there had to be some connection that thing that, that then, thing is jow day that's what that thing is it's it's the mother of all abominations transferring from her dimension and then finding some way to mutate into some creature that she just knew that she had to find a carrier. And so she basically well, finds Laura's mom and gets in her mouth. And then that part where the trucker at the end, you know, where the fucking, and he's like, the bearded man no, well. it's the part where she goes into the bar to get a drink and the trucker's all hitting on her and calls her a cunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right. And then she takes her fucking face off, and that's how you know that yeah. that's that fucking alien child A shit's been living in her ass, because yeah. there it is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as lynching sense goes. As, as, as far as making any kind of 
connections, oh, you know, like. But he's so great. Yeah, but he does. He doesn't want you to fucking awesome. figure out everything. It's obvious. He's like, there's something. No, that's, it's yeah. just between him and Mark Frost. They're sitting back laughing. <laughs> Look at him try to fucking guess it. <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he, they write in that in that way. So um, you know, it's good. I mean, it, it starts out like you know, you're totally puzzled, and the whole time you're going mm-hmm. through this stuff. You know, he's like he keeps giving me little clues or just little bits of info that you know. In the end, it all comes kind of looping around. You know, I mean, it's just like I've always loved the way he does that. So so good, and and the the pacing of it all, though, yeah, it was so slow that you know all these little details he gives you like all this time you know to to really just kind of inhabit this world while you're watching it's just so yeah it's exhilarating but that part you know episode eight you know and that slow motion pan into into the the mushroom head of the bomb yeah Yeah, i mean and all the molecules bouncing i mean that was like the greatest piece of television in the past like 25 years. I mean, that was just like avant-garde. Exactly. We just made a full circle. You just said it because in that part, that particular part, that's him being an art student again. That's him and his formative years of making this kind of experimental uh, kind of art just as movement. Art as movement. Not as like... an emotion. Yeah. I mean, I think he brings so much emotion to his stuff that he's an artist. Like, he's a just kinda, fucking artist. Well, in the in the true way, because yeah. it's like he's not concerned about interpretation. Uh uh-uh. uh like, You know, throwing the stuff at you, and it's just making you feel all this stuff. I mean, he's not giving you any explanation. I think that's why people get upset because they always want to have some reasoning instead of just sitting back and actually feeling you know, the stuff coming on to you. They're just, uh, you know, experiencing the work, yeah. you know, the film or the book or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it's just like, he has such a, <laughs> I mean, he's so skilled at that. It's just incredible. I love it. I love his film work and the cinematography that he uses in it, as well as the people who I worked with. I mean, they, he's got like a crew, obviously, because, man, I mean, it's like a brilliant, I don't know, 15-hour movie, you know, 18-hour movie. Yeah, that's what he said he wanted to do, is make this fucking... I want it to be an 18-hour movie. Yeah, and it truly was. I mean, it is. In every way. It's not... It, it, again, it takes away from anything that's been done before. It's like, like this new format of the movie television show. You know, so like, many fucking facets. Yeah, and yeah, just, just so much just shit. Yeah, he just twists it around and makes it in, just like he did when he originally had it for <laughs> broadcast television. But still, to my blows my mind, you know, that something like that could have been just on TV. So complex. At, at that time, you know, it's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they, I guess, everybody had fun working with the man that came back. You know, Ray yeah, White, uh, Ray Wise is friends with them. You know, everybody's cool. You know, oh, they're all man. cool. You know, you didn't see him too much. You only had that tiny bit. Yeah, he had that one little tiny part. Yeah, you really didn't see him that much. He was on this like kind of little trailer thing where David Lynch is sitting with, you know, Laura Mm. and her parents, and you know, technically Laura and Ray's, or uh, uh, you know, her dad is dead, and. you know, David Lynch is talking to uh, the mom and says, well, you know, they're dead. How are you dealing with that? And they're sitting right there, though. And they're sitting there as the characters. I just thought that was an interesting way. And then, you know, for the way he used them, you know, and uh, they all did return. They all had a spot return. At least, uh, you know, Ray Wise was in that Black Lodge part for about 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that was it, but that was enough Ray Wise. I mean, he, a little goes a long way. <laughs> well, I guess so. That's what he was saying. Well, He's like, well, I'm going to make well. it go a long way, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He knows how to work with Leland! Sure. No. 
Uh, what else could you do with Leland Palmer? I mean, he was kind of like done for in a way. I mean, I don't see how they could have done much else. But then again, you know, it's like, who knows? He just continued to suffer the whole time, you know. I mean, yeah, I know it's really a problem. <laughs> well, you know, according to the the backlogs, you know, you know, he would have Bob would have gotten to him when he was a kid, you know. Yeah, so he he he, like, he would have been carrying that shit the whole time. Oh man, I mean, obviously. Oof. I mean, it's just it's like Laura Palmer did not stand a chance. I mean, it's just like. And especially after I read that diary part, because she talked in there, you, you find like um, passages where she talked about her first exposure to Bob and him coming to her, and she's like 12 or something like that. So it, it's like it really, it's heavy. Yeah, it really it gives a lot more, especially from her perspective, what she's been dealing with. And, I don't know. That's why I was just kind of like, I mean, I literally read it and then I had to watch the original series, like, you know, pretty much, you know, up to like 12 and then jump ahead a little bit because that whole second part gets, you know, it's kind of the slow end of the original series. <laughs> Things just go off the rail. And, it is, it's deep. Know. I mean, there's a lot of different interpretations on it. And like I said about that dude who made the cheater video that's what some people were calling it mm. uh but uh i didn't think it was a cheater video man because like i i like just how we've been saying it you know it's really his art all right man i'm at the uh 55 minute mark we've been talking about twin peaks for that long that's pretty cool fantastic yeah man we, we squeezed a lot out of it <laughs> we fucking did <laughs> Bring that sucker dry. It's been squozing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go through the red card now and uh, go have some pie and coffee. Andy, this has been great to catch up, bro. And it's a good Definitely. way to kind of catch up after not talking for so long. So now absolutely, I'm going to publish the fucker. I'm going to put a cool little bumper at the end of it here. And we can, uh, I'll send it to you. All right, yeah, please do. And, uh, yeah, now we'll talk again soon, I hope. Okay, and then we'll wind it like this. Through the darkness of future's past, the magician <laughs> longs to see. One chance out between two worlds. Between two worlds. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Walk with me. <laughs> I love the way he says it, too. I know. <laughs> All right, bro. All right. I'll see you in a minute. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Later. We'll be back. Nice to have Andy back here for a minute, man. He knows a lot about it, and it's just nice when you have someone that's just as infatuated as you are with it. Well, anything that you'd love, but in this case, it was Twin Peaks, and I hope you Twin Peaks motherfuckers that heard this shit got a kick out of it. you 
with my death bag. You may think I've gone insane, but I promise I will kill again. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, man. Was David Lynch really trying to tell you something? I don't know. I didn't make the fucking thing. But we... I know this for sure. Everybody that loves Twin Peaks has a different take on it. And it's pretty cool like that. You've been listening to what? You've been listening to it. Yeah, of it. Yum did G did Underground Therapy Not even the name of it Underground Cartoon Therapy Remember Have a good night Oh my god